Welcome to the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. You recognize the voice, of course, I'm Eddie Cohn, host, creator of the Spiritual Spiral. Today is the first day of Hanukkah, so if you are celebrating today, Hanukkah, first day, welcome. Thanks for taking a little break from the partying, the uh, indoor partying, the mask-wearing partying going on in your home. Thanks for listening. Um, interesting day today. This is going to be a slightly different podcast. Just the first probably half of it will be me chatting extemporaneously about some of my thoughts. And then the back half will be another conversation that I had with my friend, Roni Peters. Um, I just spoke to Tamal Dodge, a yoga teacher. That podcast should arrive in the next few days as well. And some other podcasts lined up for January. But I did want to talk today. Today is a big day for me uh, because I did release my first single, Freedom, on Spotify and iTunes today. The music video should hit next week. Um, And so there's a sense, an event, an immense sense of joy that I am feeling right now. I have spent the last 12 months recording and writing some new music that is that has just left my soul pretty effortlessly the pro- the process of recording and mixing the record as always is is very challenging for me um i typically put a lot of layers into my song so i'm trying to figure out a way to it's sort of that balancing act of a simple production a simple song, but also create a lot of layers and make it deep and um, emotional. And it's a process. It takes a lot of time. And I'm thrilled that this song is released. There's going to be plenty more music released over the next 12 months. So I'm really proud of myself. I think this song really captures a lot of what I'm feeling. And so I have I have struggled this year where... I have felt really connected to my creative pursuits. My book is in talks with some publishing companies right now. The music's coming out, music videos coming out, there's more songs. So I am thriving in this, this interesting way creatively, which I am incredibly thankful for. But on the other hand, I am really distraught and angry and upset at what's happened to our country. And I will have a hard time ever letting go of the narrative, the story, that the media, a lot of politicians, the scientists that are connected to big pharmaceutical companies, the, the story that they're sharing with us, I'm, I'm having a hard time believing it. When I read the Japan A country of 150 million people has 2,000 deaths from the entire COVID-19. When a country the size of India with 1.5 billion people, they have only 100,000. And here we are approaching 300,000. What are we doing differently here in America? And that I don't have the answer for. People will point the finger at Donald Trump and the response People will say it's the testing, uh, the amount of testing. People will say because America is more obese and diabetic um, than other countries. I don't know. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And we have politicians and governors who are making decisions for us, and, and they are disconnected with reality. Because you can't tell me that telling people to just stay home and wear a mask is the right thing to do. Closing schools is the right thing to do. And this is what's so frustrating. I'll bring up a couple points, then you'll hear the talk with Roni. Millionaires, governors, politicians, they're so out of touch with reality. You can't just tell people, oh, just stay home and we'll, you know, manage the ship. Even scientists. Physicians, the world that we live in has benefited 
people that follow corporations. Lawyers, attorneys, uh, obviously the same thing. Lawyers, physicians, accountants, professors at universities. This system of ours, America, I don't know if it's capitalism or just the world that we live in that we've grown up in, favors people that go to offices. But people that think outside the box, that are creators, have to go work at Target, that are working in the food services industry, hotels, they don't enjoy the same benefits as corporate leaders. And so these people that are making decisions for our country right now are completely out of touch with what I believe are 40%, 50% of people in this country that don't go to offices, that don't have health insurance, that don't have the luxury that these politicians and governors have of, of having money saved, of having a nine-to-five type of job that has been the cornerstone of this country. People that have the nine-to-five jobs, they are still kind of thriving right now, or at least doing okay, getting by. But the rest of the country, rest of the city, I was just reading an article in LA Magazine, they're saying that Angelinos are having a harder time with this pandemic than, than other cities. You know, they said New York, Los Angeles. I'll tell you why LA, because we in LA have been willing to sacrifice living arrangements. We've paid extra, you know, apartments and homes are right next to each other. But we've been willing to pay more for rent or be willing to have a neighbor that's really close by, or live in a building that has you know, 5, 6, 10, 20, 30 other units in the building, because we could still enjoy the culture, the art, the beaches, the mountains, the food, the energy. These are, you can't put a price on a lot of the elements that Los Angeles had, and they're all gone. And so now people are forced to stay home. It's sort of like when you go on vacation, a lot of people won't pay as much for the hotel because they're not going to spend a lot of time in the hotel. They're going to be out, you know, going on expeditions or staying at the beach or going to museums. Well, we can't do any of those right now. So everybody's forced to stay home. It's like going on a vacation to Maui but you have to stay in your hotel room. And not like a Four Seasons hotel, but, you know, a comfort inn. So no wonder people in L.A. aren't enjoying this pandemic or getting by as well as other cities. It's weird. I, I, I think a lot about this, this concept adapting and adapting to situations. And I, and I think I've been really good over the years at adapting, moving from uh, music to DJing, teaching yoga, podcasting, write a book, back to music again. I used to feel like, I almost felt like I could only do music, you know, for a long time. But then I, I realized, gosh, I'm, I'm limiting myself. It's, it's okay to be a painter, a dancer, a musician, a singer. I, I, I don't know why I was so stuck on thinking that I can only do music for many years of my life. And I'm, I'm so happy I finally let that go. But um, I'm just having a hard time. I feel like the situation we're in right now is a result of this 24-7 news cycle, trying to get your attention, social media, this strange component of human beings right now where everybody sort of has to be right or first or we're all, react, we're all reacting, but we're not really thinking. And, and it's funny, I've, I've, I've sort of hesitantly from the very beginning said that I get the sense we're overreacting. And sure enough, National Center for Health Statistics, CDC, has a list of the millions of people that die every year, going back to 2010. 
2010, we've had 2.5. Same with 11, 12. In 2013, we had 2.6 million people that died. In 15, 2.7. In 2017, we had 2.8 million people that died. In 2019, we had 2.9 million people who died. 2020, as of the end of November with one month to go, 2.5 million people have died. So all this hysteria, insanity happening over the last 10 months, I think it's, I feel like it could have been prevented. I think if we didn't have this emotional response now, I don't think we emotionally used to respond this way to calamities or um, I feel like we were not always on our phones or in front of screens and the phones are constantly sending us news alerts and you've got CNN having these running statistics and tabulations. I think these things have always been happening, but we've been distracted by our family or our job or our kids or just our normal day-to-day pursuits. But since our phones are constantly distracting us now with scary statistics, it's freaking everybody out. There's a great article, and, and this sort of goes back to my feelings about Los Angeles. And, you know, I'm even contemplating leaving. Uh, I, I'm not sure yet, but this city is a ghost town. It's a complete ghost town. And there's an article in Axios by Brian Walsh. I obviously won't read the whole thing to you, but the title of it is The Coronavirus Pandemic is Killing Public Life. By removing Americans from public life, the pandemic is threatening long-term damage to the essential services we all share, like schools and transit. Why it matters, technology has helped keep many, though far from all of us, working, fed, and even entertained at home during the pandemic. But the forced retreat from public life will have toxic ramifications unless the places and services we all share can be saved. The pandemic could prove even more devastating for the institutions and services that make up the civic sphere. Public schools across the country have seen a drastic drop in enrollment. Combined with students moving to private schools, that could lead to budget cuts for public schools that get funding on a per-student basis. Public transit systems have been crippled. Ridership plummets because of fear of infection. And the office, that private space in public where many of us used to gather on a daily basis, is mortally threatened. It might be easy to assume we'll re-enter public life when the pandemic finally ends, But habits, once broken, aren't easily restored, especially as the knock-on effects of COVID-19 erode the value of public services. I'm having a hard time believing that our culture will resemble anything close to what it did pre-COVID. Again, you know, I spoke to a friend of mine, he's... He thinks people in their 20s, 30s are going to be out clubbing again, going to concerts. Um, I would like to think so, but then I speak to a friend of mine who used to own a club here in L.A., and he said the club scene is dead. Club owners all closed, moving on to different businesses, concerts, music venues done, gone. I, I don't, I think we weren't really thinking about what we were getting ourselves into as we reacted to the hysteria emanating from China about 10 months ago. It it really was this powerful ripple effect. And I wasn't trying to be annoying over the last 10 months, not poo-pooing this whole thing, but I was trying to add some levity, some context to try and help us take a step back, relax, and really sort of slow down and get a little bit of contextual nuance here that we're going to be okay. And when I, I mean, I'm my last point here before I move on, I can't believe that there's literally busloads of vaccines, truckloads of vaccines moving out, going, 
people are going to take these vaccines. Record time these vaccines are put together by Pfizer. Bam, they're out. People are going to start taking these things. This is the fastest moving vaccine I imagine ever. Uh, it's just it's just crazy. It's absolutely crazy what's happened. And, and I just, I'm telling you, I, I want to then connect this to social media, sort of the originator of my podcast. What social media to me has done and technology has done is it's created a world where people can't think big picture. People are incapable of critically thinking, being objective, and most importantly, being logical. None of this logically makes any sense. And I don't care what anybody out there is telling you about science, people dying, and, and, and I get so frustrated when people say to me, be safe. It, what, what are you talking about? 150,000 people die every single day in this world. And this has been going on for years. But some powerful surge of energy, force, country, billionaire, this isn't conspiratorial. Of course, the coronavirus exists, but they have been existing for years. The cold is a coronavirus. Some powerful force took this opportunity to turn our world upside down. Let's see how far we could go with this thing. And I don't know if they ever thought it would go this far, where it would rip the country to shreds, but all the elements were there in the making. Fear. People are terrified to get sick. I understand. I am immunocompromised. I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease when I was a kid. I've been in remission, knock on wood, for over 20, 25 years, but it's because I busted my ass to be at this level of health. But all the elements came together. We had fear. You had the media. Fear of the unknown. This sort of mysterious virus happening in China. And then you also have people that aren't logical anymore. And that has happened because of tech and social media. It's ripped those intrinsic nuances of the human brain apart. People aren't listening, aren't thinking for themselves, being logical, overreacting, being reactionary, not sitting with what's really going on, really thinking about what's going on right now. How did this happen? How are we living through this right now? How are we allowing politicians, millionaires, billionaires to make decisions for us? Small businesses are closing one after the other. We have put all of our attention on a coronavirus infection cold, ignoring suicide. Every day, 2,000 people are killing themselves every day. 50,000 people are dying from heart disease. And meanwhile, I'm on Twitter, and Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that Anthony Davis has signed some $200 million deal with the Lakers. All these basketball players are signing all these deals. The NFL is still going on right now. Japan only has 2,000 deaths. And we're supposed to believe that all of this makes sense. If it's that serious, why is the governor of, of California telling people to stay home? He's out going to a dinner party. Why is the NFL still happening? Again, I, I say this a lot on my show. It's about attention. And I was talking to a friend of mine earlier. And I, I do, are we all, are we all addicts? Are we all susceptible to going down rabbit holes? Is quiet time a thing of the past? Do we not really care about quiet time? Is it all about convenience? Is it all about 
sort of fixing an itch, um, satisfying an itch? Is it about being quick first? You know, I've said it before on my show, I don't understand why people go to social media to post photos of people that die. Um, food pics, and I, I just, I don't understand. Is, is it all just because we are striving, craving, nonstop attention? I, I'm making music right now. I clearly want lots of people to hear these songs. But I, that's not the reason behind what I'm doing. Sometimes I don't even understand it. You know, you just, you get inspired to sing, write a book, talk. It's sort of unexplainable. And right now, millions of people, all that matters to them is getting more attention, getting more likes, satisfying that innate need for attention. Can't say it any more clearly than that. And I think it's responsible for where we're at right now. I'm still waiting for groups of people to take a stand. I mean, I, I know there's an Instagram page, Recall California. doesn't have a lot of followers right now. I'm following it. I, I don't know how we allowed this to happen. It feels like, as I said, a direct attack on people's psyche about attention. Cleverly using words, words like surge, super spreader, cases. You know, we've never had an examination of cases when it comes to the flu, colds, different ailments. And when somebody dies, hey, Leo. Do we, how does the coroner or whomever decide how this person dies? Do we ever really know? You know, that's the thing about so much in life. There's just so much mystery and so much that we don't know. And a friend of mine asked me, you know, why don't you give more advice on how people should live their lives on your show? And, um, <laughs> sorry, cat's going nuts. I'm trying to navigate this too. I don't feel like it's, I, I almost feel like if you're making something, it's impossible not to use your computer or to use social media. I have, I feel like I have to use social media to get people aware of what I'm doing. That's where everybody's going these days. People are not, and because of what's happened with the pandemic, more people are using their phones, more people are using Instagram. Leo, stop it. No, stop it. So I feel, I feel like it's a lost cause, you know? I guess I'm just trying to add a little bit more reflection, a little bit more thought. I don't have the answers yet, um, but these are, these, are just, these are just topics and areas that I struggle with. And I can find the joy. I can find the silver lining. Uh, personally, as I've said, things are going generally pretty well. I'm just confused by this, this world and how, how it got here. Last little piece here before you listen to the conversation that I had with my friend Roni. I had just finished watching the show Alone on the History Channel. And I really, I really enjoyed it. I, f I found there to be a lot of life lessons. I wanted to play the last two or three minutes where the winner, um, he just, he had this very introspective, philosophical way of looking at life. And I, I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed this first season and I wanted to play you the words that he said um, to end the first season. I think there's a lot here. All the things we take for granted in life. We are survival machines. My, my good friend, Dave Connell, said that to me um, I like him he said that we are survival machines and I never thought about it but when you look at human creatures we are survival machines look at look at what the human spirit can do I mean you hear about 
these people that overcome just insurmountable odds and go through traumatic injuries and they just persevere and they just gut through it. You know, we're amazing. You know, we're amazing creation. Sure, there's those uh, periods of adaptation. You kind of hit a wall, but then once you tune in to the new surroundings and things just start clicking, you just kind of, you adapt. We're amazing. People are just amazing. We just don't realize it. It's all in there. You just have to get the right stimuli to bring it out of you to tap into it. You got to get quiet. But I tell you, you know, time in the woods also makes you appreciate society. You're not meant to be isolated or alone for a long period of time. It's just not in our DNA. It's not how we're wired. We're meant to, we're not meant to be alone. You know, he spends 50, 60 days on Vancouver Island alone. And I think that's what's so frustrating. These leaders are forcing people to stay home and not be around other people. And we're wearing masks. I, I feel like, and, oh, and then he talked about adaptation. I know there are people out there that will say there are examples of us persevering, adapting to the situation we have. But I don't... There's this strange voice inside of me that's not liking what we're doing. This adaptation to using Zoom more often. Masks, staying home, using technology more often relying on all these devices, isolation, these mandates. It just, to me, it's, it's the effect. I, we, I just, again, I've said it before, I think we've gone too far. And I'm, I'm, I'm stunned that people don't think that way. I'm stunned that people think, yes, the right thing to do is to keep my kid home and not have him or her go to school. It doesn't make any sense to me. It just, something doesn't add up. And these are discussions that we've never really had as a society, and suddenly it's being thrust into our culture every single day. Death, diagnostic procedures, testing, accuracy of tests, numbers, watching a virus changing. I mean, it just feels like, again, back to what Alan was saying, I feel like we're more resilient and we're not giving human beings credit. I'll leave you there. Rest of this podcast is me and my friend Roni talking about some topical issues. You know I have a new song out. It's now on Spotify and iTunes. Type in my name, Eddie Cohn. You can stream it, listen to it there. Um, you can support my show, patreon.com backslash Eddie Cohn. Find me on Instagram. As always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast. And thanks again to Roni for taking the time to be my guest. Have you heard of the show Alone? No. So basically, it, you should. I, I never got in a Survivor because it was all very. Um, I got the impression it was very catty and silly, and never got into it. So this is on the History Channel. Came out like five years ago. Basically, ten people are left on Vancouver Island, all by yourself, and you have to survive. And whoever can survive by themselves the longest um, wins $500,000. And it's this guy. I don't want to say who wins because I think um, I think you'd really enjoy the show. It's really – I found a lot of life lessons from the show. And the, the winner sort of had this Tim Robbins, Morgan, Morgan Freeman – Attitude, Like if you remember Shawshank Redemption, when he finally gets out of jail and he's sort of narrating the ending and he, he gives all these um, almost like 
Life, life lessons. Life lessons. And so the winner of the show is, is he spends the last three minutes overdubbed talking about some lessons as he's seeing his children. A few things he'd said, but one thing he talked about was adaptability. And human beings have this power to adapt. And this is the thing that I'm, frust- I'm, I'm struggling with. You know, some people will say, you know, what's happening right now, you know, we're adapting. People are moving out of New York and going to Florida, or, you know, we are now relying on Zoom to conduct meetings. And there are these signs of, you know, humans showing adaptability. But this, for whatever reason, feels different. And and I, I feel like we are adapting, but we're we're being there's this pernicious sort of shift where we're we're kind of we're being we're being forced. And like I you know, of course you're being forced to adapt if you're stuck on the island of Vancouver and you know you have to kill and, and fish for yourself to survive. But for whatever reason what's going on right now feels different to me. Do you recall our conversation this morning? No, not right now at this moment. It's it's okay because I'm thinking right now about this moment. That's why. No, but this is what we talked about. And okay. I told you about you being more intuitive, being more connected and able to flow with the moment more. That is adaptability. You don't have to be in the middle of the jungle to adapt. You yeah. have to adapt every second. Now, the definition of elasticity in the dictionary is, do you know? Are you familiar with it? Elasticity? Well, you know, flexibility, uh, uh, able to, you know, navigate and move and shift. Very some, very close. Adaptive, uh, elasticity is being able to keep your form after getting forced to go out of your form for a certain period of time or space or element. Okay. Force is necessary for adaptability to go through. Well, then is there a difference between being stuck on an island for, you know, and, and trying to survive and live as a, is there any difference to that uh, compared to what we're going through now? Because I, I'm, I'm trying to, I feel like, there is a difference. Um, I, it's I, no different. Both you have to be present in the moment, look around and see how you, you can utilize your surroundings for your survival. So it's the same mechanism. It's just the variables around you change. Your proximity changes, but your work is derived towards the same need, survival. Yeah. If you have a computer in your hand or you have a knife in your hand, if you don't know how to use either, it limits your chances of survival. I guess the thing is about that show also, it it really brought everything down to the raw necessities of life, you know, shelter, water, and food. And all this other, you know, noise that's happening beyond that, um, somehow it, it, I don't even know, I'm having a hard time even formulating a question, you know, I, I just, I think what I'm struggling with is the hypocrisy that's happening right now around the world. You know, they're telling restaurants to close, but then Hollywood is still able to function. You know, people are losing so much money right now. And then I, I read, because I'm a big NBA fan, and I see like Anthony Davis just signed like a $170 million deal to play, you know, the next four years with the Lakers. And I don't know. So man. I think, I think, let me jump in here and, and try and express what you're trying to tell me. If I'm understanding correctly, I think that you are torn between primitive living and how far we've come as society and how we can't live now anymore with where we've gotten. We can't survive. Survival is just as 
difficult as it was when it was primitive with all these advancements. It almost feels like, yeah, that's a really good point. I think it's more complicated now. You know, that's the thing about this character on the show. He was, he made the decision to go on that island. He's, he is trying to survive and, uh, and, and build fire, build a camp. I mean, he is in control. And I think we all strive for that, but it does feel like there's some hands that are forcing us, they're forcing the hand now, and so we are um, trying to gain control again. It's this it's strange battle that I think we're all playing right now. Well, the connectivity that is available to us in this day of age is completely different than back then. Because we have the opportunity to all connect, really, really connect and be united more than ever before, but we're going completely the opposite of that. Well, again, I think that's because, and I, I say it ad nauseum here, but we, are rely, we, are, we have been relying on tech for connection. It's a shallow connection. And that's why people are ultimately not happy with those devices, but they're not even aware of it because they're so addicted to them that they keep using them. Um, and so they give the false pretense that there is a connection when in reality there isn't. Um, that is a, a strong word that you used as, as a addiction, but it's very well used. I think you can get addicted to the best things that are you know to your advantage in life but balance is key here and always key you can use the device that is available to you those electronics to your advantage in so many ways infinite ways what you choose to use it for ultimately is bringing you to our civilization's demise can we get enough selfies? Is it over? How many more selfies could one's life contain? It's funny. I was following this this woman. Uh, I, I'm not going to say her name for about a week because she was suggested by me uh, to me by Instagram, and she's probably in her 20s, and she's got about 250,000 followers, and it was almost an experiment because. She's a model, and she's, she was traveling to Jamaica for a shoot, and then she traveled to Miami, and she takes about 25, 30 stories a day where she's basically just you know talking about her food, talking about the clothes, talking about her shoot. She's going to the gym. And you know there are millions of people right now that um, that, that is their world. Like in their head, they think they are famous with 250,000 followers. They think that their life and every detail of their life is worth sharing detailing and then people of course are paying attention and, and and for whatever reason who knows but i think it's because instagram sort of latches on to the carnal desires of human beings um i, I don't know it's just I, I think that show was really um i i just really been thinking about it and and this we want to make our own decisions we want to be in control and you combat that with just basic human needs, food, water, shelter. But then I feel like, you know, the world and the, the, the government officials that we hire, it, it doesn't feel like they're serving our interests anymore. They're serving their own. You're 100% correct. And so I don't When know. everything of you is working towards enhancing yourself and your proximity, but then you feel like the higher force is not really helping you. It's even against you and it's not helping you. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, you know, disappointing and, and to say the least. And, uh, you know, you feel helpless uh, at times because the things are beyond your control and you'd like to do more, you'd like to be more, you'd like to, but... It's funny, one of my friends listen to my podcast and he said you know you don't you he goes you you really ruminate and think and 
And the interesting thing about your podcast is that you, you're not like Tony Robbins where you give suggestions on how other people should live their life. And I often humbly don't think I have that um, right to do that because I, I don't have the answers. I, I certainly don't feel like I am an authority on how other people should live their life. Um, but I think, and this will translate transition to our next segment, and then you know I'll let you go. But one thing that's been really frustrating to me is I, and again, I don't watch the Today Show, I don't watch daytime shows at all. So maybe this stuff is going on, but I don't feel like there are discussions being had on what people are doing every single day to take care of themselves. And I think what's so frustrating to me is that, and this goes back to the show um, alone that I was watching, human beings are, are so, we are able to handle so much adversity. And it, I get so frustrated when the Dr. Fauci's and the leaders of the world want you to just put on a mask and stay home. And the reality is, is that I think I caught a cold about five days ago. And of course, I didn't know if it was COVID and yada, yada, yada. But I feel a lot better today. And it's because, you know, I take zinc every freaking day. I take vitamin C every day. Of course, I sleep. I was doing ginger or garlic shots and ginger shots. And, um, you know, I have these fruit smoothies every day. And I was I was having broccoli juice every day. And I... I um, I just, I don't think people even are suggesting anything other than stay home and put on a mask. And I think those suggestions are, are hurting our culture even more. Well, at least if you don't want to take these suggestions out, at least balance it out with another side of information source for these people because not everybody like you knows about broccoli juice, knows about ginger and turmeric. Or and celery, I'm sorry, celery juice, not broccoli. Celery juice, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm just saying information is key here. You have the ability and, and the passion to actually learn about taking care of yourself. But maybe others don't have that drive towards that as much. But they would like to know a little bit. They're not that information is available to anybody, but it, it should be more or just as important as taking a an Advil pill. Well, I, I get this. I said this on the podcast where you were on last. I said it on the I said it on the intro. It it does feel like we're growing up and being born into a world that benefits if you're sick. And I feel like you know, a, a, a bottle or, or a, a little basket of strawberries, organic, is like seven, eight dollars, and you can go to McDonald's and buy five hamburgers for eight dollars. Um, these pharmaceutical drugs are advertised every single day. You know, you're vaccinated twenty to sixty vaccines when you're under the age of five, and golly knows what that's doing to the human body. It, it just, I think, we do need to talk more about and let's end the show i mean what what are things that you do weekly give me five things that you're just rigorous about that that you do that to take care of yourself maybe three things three five six you know whatever <laughs> it doesn't matter mm. well for one hydration is very mm. important you should never ever ever feel thirsty Nutrition, anything that you intake, you can utilize or ultimately need to be utilized as medicine. Now, of course, you can use it in a way where it could be tasty and for you, the way you like it, but it has to serve as medicine for you. Yeah, but be more specific. I mean, what, what are dietary foods, juices? I mean, what, what do you really rely on? Well, me personally, I fruits and vegetables are, are a big part of my daily intake, um, and chocolate. Dark chocolate. Raw chocolate. Or cacao, or, or... Right. Yeah. Why is chocolate so good for us? It contains 
everything your body needs to sustain itself. Almost 99% of what your body needs from antioxidants, from protein, from iron, from different vitamins is contained in that magical bean. It's a major laxative, which is very, very important for the body to stay away from stagnancy, which is the key to all ill. That flow that it generates in the system is very healthy. There's no, there's no um, held up in any of your nervous system, of your digestive system. And that's, uh, that keeps you fresh, that keeps you sharp, that keeps the blood flow nourishing the cells to its optimum uh, possibilities and, and capabilities. But you, you, your job is to provide these cells with the right nutrition. They will take care of themselves, ultimately. Chocolate for women is, um, it's, not a, it's not a surprise that women love chocolate because they need it 30% more than men. They have more muscles than we do. They uh, lose a lot more uh, uh, iron than we do. So their attraction to chocolate is natural. Hmm. We have to keep in mind that, in general, nature is more powerful than anything else. And when you connect to the nature part of you, you're connecting to a higher power. And ultimately, love is a natural force. So because we love or women, for example, love chocolate so much to an addiction part, it shows you the need and the necessity that a human body that has for the chocolate substance. The third thing, movement is very important. You have to exercise um, if you're able to get uh, any kind of movement throughout the day. There is no right, there is no wrong, but yeah. Well, Roni, owner, Superfood Brownie, thanks for chatting and talking. I just, uh, I really suggest watching the first season of Alone. You can see it, I think, on like the IMDb. Oh, Shit's Creek. Are you almost done or what? I am. I am done. Did you finish? Yes. Wow, and it's it was great, right? It's a very impressive piece of uh, work that really. Uh, Gosh, yeah encompasses all of aspects of life uh, from romance to friendship to parenthood to everything it really is a and it's hilarious and yeah. the cast is fantastic uh, really kudos to anybody that has anything to do with that that was wonderful it was brilliant I, it's I, it's rare that a comedy I, I it's rare i like comedies because they're just so hard to make and uh it's difficult, but these guys did a wonderful, fantastic cast. Great job, everybody. Really, yeah, very cool. Well, it's, uh, I was thinking about planes, trains, and automobiles with John Candy and Steve Martin. I don't know if you ever saw that movie, but of course, you know it's hilarious. But I think a great comedy has heart, and um, yeah. gosh, they really—you really felt the love between all of them. Uh, I'm so glad you said that because not just comedy, my friend. We're going to end this on this note. Anything that you do in life without that, it comes with a lot of variables. If you want to bake, there's a lot of ingredients. If you want to work out, so anything you do, they have variables. If one of these variables is not, doesn't involve love, you have, the end result will always be disappointing. Hmm. So these guys, even if it's, uh, you know, sci-fi or whatever the movie's choice is at the moment, if it doesn't have love involved in the story, even The Godfather, Francis Ford Coppola tells you, Godfather is a, is, is a you know, is romance. Yeah. It's a love, it's a love story. He doesn't uh, think it's a mafia movie. He wrote a, a love story between uh, a man and his wife and his family. He wanted to be, you know. 
Yeah, but it's interesting. You know, when you have like a Terminator 2 or, you know, Terminator 1, you can get the audience's attention with the effects or the violence. And I, and I think we have turned into a culture that doesn't really often... It feels like filmmakers are often relying on the 3D or the effects or the, the, the stunt. Well, but, of course. But, don't but, get me wrong. People go to the movie theater to look at something that's going to take them out of their usual state of existence. Yes, of course. Yeah, but that's what uh, my point is. Is it's just on the small scale TV show, there's no effects. It's 20 minutes. You know, to lure you challenging it's so challenging and they did it they did it with of course the comedy but as the show goes on you really as we as i said and and we'll just end it there it you you could tell that they really connected with one another yes to me that to me that show is needed right now during this time oh yeah wonderful man just like your music yeah like the music you've been writing i'm really been uh enjoying listening to it a lot and and uh i wish you all the best i want to thank you for all these uh moments and hopefully somebody will uh benefit from our talks yeah thank you for having me all the time i appreciate your help and uh support cool man 